recorded live in front of a feline audience, coming to you from coast to coast. It's the Fangirl Film Club. The Fangirl Film Club is a podcast created by adults and featuring adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Fangirl Film Club, a movie podcast where we go deep down the resume of all your fangirl faves. And let me tell you, we've seen some shit. Hi. Good morning, fair listeners. I'm Emily. And I'm Mia. Welcome. We are here for episode four. So serious. Such a serious relationship. (laughs) Oh, man. Episode four of the Fangirl Film Club. Um, And this week we have our first British film. Yes. Which... This is the fourth date. I don't know if that's a British instead of anal. So, <laughs> yes, that's that's the other fourth base. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the, that first part of that sentence. I don't know. Anal might have been a little bit more exciting than our first British film, but it's fine. Um, you know, more of a surprise. There's always shock. time. There's. There's always time to get there. Um, so our first film. Now this is also first in that the person I made us watch this movie for is still my current catnip I don't of a celebrity think he's crush. going away for a while. I don't I don't think You mean like for me or like for everybody? Both. Yeah, the roots are Both. the yeah. roots are planted. It's true. They are. Um yeah, so this is this is one that I was watching and I was like I I'm upset that I've made my friend Mia watch this, but <laughs> we're inflicting I'm also not sorry. <laughs> this, this is really just us punishing each other with shit movies week <laughs> after week. Um, but I'm also not sorry that I'm watching it because I'm looking at his face. So this is a classic fangirl film club entry, <laughs> I believe. Um so the person we watched this movie for is Joseph Quinn of Stranger Things fame, Eddie Munson. Um, the movie is called Makeup, came out in 2019, written and oh, directed boy. by Claire Oakley. Oh, boy. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> um, this is also, I don't know if I'm noticing a theme here, but we have, this is now three movies in a row, three films in a row that written and directed by the same person. I'm starting to wonder if that's <laughs> thematic for shitty movies. If, if, that's, if that's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> as far as filmmaking yeah, goes, that, I don't that know. Very well could be the case. Is like mm-hmm. if you're going to do one thing, you need to surrender the other. I think that might be the case. And as, you know, experienced filmmakers ourselves, we would know. Um, But this is also the first, this is, this is a lot of firsts. So this is the first British film. This is also the first uh, written and directed by a woman. So I feel bad. (laughs) So I have extra (laughs) guilt on top of trashing my current fave. (laughs) You know, shitty movies are written with equity, you know, it's It's men and women. You know, that is nice. Yeah. yeah, the the playing field is level when it comes to a shit film. Shitty and movies are gender Thank you, neutral. Claire. <laughs> thank you, Claire, for going so boldly into the shitty movie genre, so that you we can have some we can have a place at the shitty movie table. Thank you for for yes. for taking one for the team for us. But yeah, so the movie's called Makeup, and um, Mia, would you like to wait? I always forget. Do we tell each other about the movie first, or I think you do. We have to first. elevate or pitch it first. 
you gotta I, I have to pitch it first. All right, great. Perfect. So, okay. So when Claire Oakley walked into whatever trailer in Cornwall she had to go to to get whatever, it's $16 to make this movie. Um, <clears throat> I think the pitch meeting went something along the lines of Britain's hot, hottest new club has all of the following. It has everything. It has pasty baby face Joseph Quinn, mumbling teenagers unable to articulate their feelings or their lines, zero lighting budget, and lots of wigs made out of human hair, but definitely not really. <laughs> lots of synthetic hair. That Money, please. <laughs> very synthetic. Oh, boy. <laughs> so they said yes, and the movie we got from that went something like what? Mia, tell us the recap. All right, are you ready? I am ready. I have a lot of parentheses in this one. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Okay, three, two, one. Mm -hmm. Ruth goes to meet her boyfriend, played by the indomitable Joseph Quinn, perpetually wearing a bowling shirt and khaki shorts at the caravan park out in Cornwall, and in the process has to deal with the landlady who is just inappropriate at every turn. She and Joseph Quinn, Ruth, not the landlady, have Cornish pasty, pasty sex and go around town wearing the same shit, the same fucking bowling shirt and khaki shorts. And Joseph slash Tom gets into a slightly homoerotic fight with his friend about nothing, apparently. Ruth finds red hair in her caravan with Tom and starts to see a pretty red-haired woman walking around and, on an unrelated note, meets a very nice co-worker named Jade who teaches her how to do her job and be a sexy bad girl. Ruth falls in love with Jade and we find out that her visions of the red-headed woman are non-linear and she's, wanting, she's been wanting to fuck Jade in the shower as detailed by a very close-up oral sex scene. So then they fall in love and bang and then Ruth walks into the ocean leaving a broken-hearted Eddie behind. In 48 seconds. <laughs> She's wow. captured the entire gist. That was beautiful. That was that was exactly what happened in this movie. I was concerned about the parentheses. I had some parenthetical concerns. No, no. They they were they they were uh, they were unfounded concerns because you managed to capture every incredibly boring beat <laughs> of this absolute beige sandpaper wall. I'm movie. adding to the I, list of Patreon things that we need to market, um, whenever mm -hmm. we get merch, parenthetical concerns is going to be on a t-shirt. So. Perfect. <laughs> so we've got chat roulette, we've got t-shirts <clears throat> with parenthetical concerns on them. So. Perfect. Yes, you are keeping track of our, mar <laughs> our marketing. We and our make the exact budget that was made for this movie, that was greenlit for this movie. <laughs> So I I feel genuinely <laughs> conflicted about how much I did it. I wanted to like this movie for yes. Joseph Quinn. I really did. Yes. Um, I I did not succeed in liking this movie for <laughs> Joseph Quinn. Um, Amazon was running a special though, so good thing I didn't rent it for four dollars. I bought oh, it for shit. six. So <laughs> so now you own this. So now I own it. And the thing is, because $4 felt like too much to rent. Okay. But I was that like, was but $6 then. <laughs> but more money to have it forever. That's better. Have this garbage movie that I will never, don't want to watch dollars. again, ever. <laughs> Two more dollars to have it forever. Perfect. Um, 
So yeah, so I uh, I was underwhelmed deeply. Yes. You know, I think the thing about this movie for me was that if it felt, <clears throat> sorry, if it felt like the sum of its parts, that would make better sense to me. Because mm-hmm. for me, I know that we're not supposed to feel as much sympathy for Joseph Quinn because he is just the pasty white boy, like, unremarkable boyfriend. He was but so pale. He's so pale. Everybody is so pale in this movie. That's, <laughs> this is this is Cornwall. But I feel like if this had been a sum of its parts, it would have been more successful for me. Um, mm-hmm. Because I just loved Stephanie Martini. I, like, she I was too. so goddamn charming. She Yes, yeah, so this is the actress who played Jade. She was the brightest spot of this whole movie. She was fun to watch. I actually cared about her. Yes. I do I don't blame Ruth know. for calling for her? Absolutely not. No, I will say firmly, as I often do, Mia, you know me, this is yet another problem that could have been solved with a threesome. Yes. Like so many things in life, <laughs> if we could all just man up and be grown ups and say this should actually be a thruple, not a couple. Um, I think it would be better. Um, and the odd thing, it felt like there was some, going back to the slightly homoerotic fight scene, um, the yeah, first yeah. one that takes place in, what was that area? Was that a bowling alley? Was that like a facility that they were, like a storage? Oh, it was like an arcade. Okay. It was like an arcade, wasn't it? For like the it kids that come strange. up for the... It yeah. was a lot of... It seemed like a very large arcade. <laughs> Such a weird, small caravan park. For a weird trailer park on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it seemed that this prejudice that was happening in 2019, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have an idea of some of the political scene in the UK, but I don't know how commonly lesbians are so severely gay bashed as, I mean, this is my California brain probably coming into account. Liberal wonderland there over by the bay, but, (laughs) but still, I mean, it's 2019. Mm -hmm. It seemed it, that, that the, the homophobia did seem out of time. It seemed a little extreme for, I mean, if there was an implication of this girl has, there is the line that's spoken that's like she has a reputation, right? And Mm -hmm. if that reputation refers to her, like, stealing people's girlfriends, then that would make more sense as to why she has kind of that reputation. But to me, it just seemed like, oh, she has a reputation because she's gay and likes sex. And that's not my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There was so much, you know how like sometimes they say as like a compliment, they're like, there was so much that was not said in this Mm -hmm. movie. There was too much not said in this movie. Like, yes, there was so many there. They could have said more. They could have absolutely had more dialogue. They focused so much on the moody shots and the, non-existent lighting and landscape 
so much landscape. Like, yeah, we fucking get it. We fucking get it. All right. We fucking get it, isn't it? We're, We're in Cornwall. Us. The beach is there. Fine. It's cold. Is it? It's gray. I don't know what fucking time of year it is. They're like, it's the end of the season. But I don't know how long. I also don't know how long this movie is supposed to have, like, what span of time right. this is supposed to have taken. No idea. Because, and maybe this is a <laughs> British thing, but because there was no sun, right. <laughs> I couldn't tell how many days had passed. <laughs> it could have been months. It could have been weeks. It very well could have been a year. Right. And and also the costuming didn't help because sometimes she was in, they were in like heavy coats and sweaters. And sometimes she was walking around in like billabong shorts. Right. And I was like, well, is that just because she's at the beach or is that because it's so, like spring? Is it spring? Do they go through winter? To the climate with, you know, the British weather that happens. I don't know. Also, now that you're saying, I actually entirely missed the homoerotic subplot of Tom and Kai, I want to say his name was. I don't think it was intended. Yeah, it was Kai. I don't think it was intended, but for me, that felt like a thread that, like, I got homoerotic subtext very early on. I was like, okay, this is going to be a gay movie. But I thought that that was going to be one of the directions. Timely. Mm -hmm. Topical. (laughs) In my life, presently. But... (laughs) it just it felt like that was a thread that was opened and certainly not closed there's a line that I'm remembering now which is funny because I clearly lied and said I didn't remember any lines unless I wrote them down uh, that is now sticking out of my brain of when she when Kai goes to pick her up at the crazy landlady's office oh my god Shirley Shirley whoo Shirley was a hoot and a half. Uh, (laughs) Cheryl girl was cray cray. Um, But when he went to, when Kai went to go get her at the office and she says, you know, they introduce each other or whatever. And as he's walking her back to the trailer, she says like, oh, Tom says you taught him how to surf when he was a little boy. Mm -hmm. And he said, he taught me more than that. Ah, yes. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) And then they never really went back to that. And then the next right. time Kai had any real lines, he just was disgusting. Yeah. Um, so. Which, I mean, if you were going to. And Hannibal yeah, Lecter is. going to lean into the internalized homophobia bit, lean into it. But, I, I mean, I guess. Yeah. Mm. I mean, if. <laughs> With the budget that we have, clearly we did not have time to explore everything that needed to be explored. And um, are you going to discuss the trivia that is the only piece of trivia on the IMDb page? I actually, I actually didn't see the IMDb DMB, bleh, IMDb trivia page. So why don't you share that trivia with me? Because I didn't find any. So this was um, the only piece of trivia. Sorry, I'm just making sure that the cats are not leaping onto the balcony. Um, okay. um, the only piece of trivia that's on the IMDb page is spoilered because it gives away quite a large plot point, but I guess mm-hmm. Claire Oakley did not realize that she was queer until like halfway through writing the movie. <laughs> 
not to listen. Okay. Everybody's, <laughs> everybody's journey to their sexuality is their own business. That's totally Absolutely. fine. There's no wrong way to find yeah. out that you're queer. That's, that's fine. That's a hundred percent. Okay. Perhaps Claire, babe, maybe start over. Yeah. And if you make a major realization about yourself and you realize you're putting pieces of yourself into your screenplay, perhaps step back and say, oh, the first part of this doesn't make any sense then. Right. <laughs> Let's go back. That that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yes. And I mean, particularly topical, I know with I don't know when this is going to come out because we're waiting on a we we're waiting on a theme song. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna I'll update things. you. I'll update you. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> um, there's that actor in Heartstopper, I think, who people mm-hmm. were just shitting on him because it's like you can't be a straight guy playing a queer character and he's like fuck it fine you're gonna make me out myself as bisexual like here you go are you happy now is this acceptable now acting i have to tell you the truth my name isn't actually the character's name (laughs) i have an entire life where i'm not this person (sighs) okay also if he came out as bisexual how many people don't believe him that's my favorite thing when, oh, yeah. Especially when men come out as bi, there's like, oh no, you're really just you're just saying that because yeah. we don't, we need your receipts, please. We need your sexual receipts. I hate everything. I know. That's everything. <laughs> Every podcast for me becomes the anti-parasocial relationships podcast. But listen, it's an important message that is still getting lost. Daily. On a side note, as a fun, mm. I know we don't do side notes here very often. Um, did you hear about the parasocial relationship somebody has with me? <gasps> no. Oh boy. Let no. Me, uh... Wow. Mia, what? Okay. I'm so jealous. Oh my dude. Oh, I want to be God. the subject of a. I want to be the subject of a parasocial relationship. I'm assuming it's a parasocial relationship because I got an Anon this Friday, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. So a little bit of background in case you don't follow me on Tumblr, which we have not shared our Tumblr handle. Yeah, which if if people don't know us, they have no reason to follow either of us on Tumblr. We haven't shared anything. Very true. (laughs) Um, Somebody sent me an Anon message and a bit of background. My icon on Tumblr is a picture from my wedding and it's me and my husband. And Mm -hmm. somebody decided to go on Anon and said, "Um, here it is. I just want to be jelly between you and your husband. You both give me butterflies. Mm. (laughs) And I chose not to respond with words this time. I just posted a gif of... uh, Woody from Toy Story looking back and forth skeptically. Um, <laughs> so, public comment. I thought about how to respond to this a couple times and was not able to. But somebody, somebody come get her. Somebody come get her. <laughs> but I mean, if you don't know me, this is probably an inappropriate thing to say. This is flattering. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And I. I'm sure I appreciate it. Like, I'm always into a tiny bit of 
exhibitionism, as you can tell. Sure. Um, as we all know. <laughs> so if you don't know me, maybe this was not the step we should have taken in our first interaction. Not, first formal not interaction. the first thing you say to somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you do know me, um, I think we need to have a conversation. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> if we need to have a discussion. Um, so unrelated that's, that's an to odd... your comment about like just make it a throuple but just, <laughs> we just stop pussyfooting around and make it a throuple um <laughs> no that's that's interesting um that's an interesting choice for an anonymous message now again i am just jealous also <laughs> speaking of jelly i'm just jealous because uh i said something about one time I made a comment on my other on the other podcast about like people get like anonymous hate and people get anonymous love, but I've never gotten anonymous like thirst or smut. Right. Which is fine. I, I guess whatever. And I was like, I get like jokingly jealous about it. And then and I kind of wondered if it was you <laughs> who did it. Because it was like in the in the vein of like you being jokey. Um, somebody then the next day after that was pu- was published, somebody was like, here's your anonymous smut. You have a body and it is nice. And I think it's mortal. I'm trying <laughs> like, to think if that was me. And like carbon based or something. That was like. And then it was like a lot of eyeballs. And I just responded with uh, with uh, Jason Bateman's thing from Arrested Development that was like, I don't know what I expected. (laughs) I honestly can't tell. I feel like that is some shit that I would do. Like, it was just, and I I told myself it was you, so I was like, okay, I love Mia, so this is hilarious. (laughs) But but if it wasn't... But I mean, if I didn't do it, then I definitely don't want to take credit for it, but that feels like some shit I would do. I was like, it feels like a Mia move. Like, you're just joking around. You're like, oh, my, my friend Emily doesn't get anonymous anonymous filth in her inbox. I'll tell her she's a carbon-based being. <laughs> like, I do think about the fact that most Earth creatures are carbon-based on a pretty frequent basis, so relatively this? frequent, probably more frequent than other people. So I feel like I'm solving a mystery of my own past. This I is I already, it, but I feel like it could be me. Shit. All right. Well, we'll just leave that up for for speculation, I suppose. This episode <laughs> has gotten a little bit away from us, <laughs> but oh, it is. We're discovering. I think about indicative, just as Claire Oakley did about herself. So, right, just as she <laughs> made Molly Windsor attempt to portray discovering about herself. I don't want to be an asshole, okay? But here we are. I'm going to power through it. Um, Molly Windsor, as the leading lady in this film, this actress has a BAFTA. And I'm not sure why she left all of her acting ability at home when she went to Cornwall for whatever 17 hours they had to film this. Well... Um, Perhaps if you guess the budget, that might indicate more of why okay. she left her talent at home. <laughs> why, she, why she left? Why she brought her C game? Um, <laughs> I am curious. Okay, I, I am going to guess the budget then. If we want to, we want to play that game. Absolutely. Um, 
All right. Now, you told me before we started recording, I have to guess in pounds. So I have to do the exchange. <laughs> I don't know what the current exchange rate is. I don't um, mean to throw you for a loop. <laughs> oof. Okay. Uh, well, can you, do you know? I mean, you were just there. Is, is British money more or less than ours right now? See, I was in the Republic of Ireland, though. So that was Euro. Oh, okay. So that but, was, yeah, yeah, that was different. British money, I believe, is more than American still. Okay, so I'm going to say 60,000 pounds. Oh, boy. You're low, high. Even Smith logic there. That is low. <laughs> it's low? Okay. Really? That's Claire, low? We at the caravan park and <laughs> was able to get all of the caravan residents as extras. I. Listen, I I made that assumption based on what it fucking looked like. So <laughs> tell me where she spent this money and how much it was, because it looked like that's just like her dad's old place. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll clear out, but uh, we can't make you the know, old people leave. So you're just going to have to work them in. That craft table <laughs> must have been hefty. <laughs> hefty. It's a hefty, hefty feet. Oh, God. How much was it? 500,000 pounds. Get the fuck out. What? That's ridiculous. That is too much money for this garbage movie. Price of an estate. One estate. I was going to say, did they buy the trailer park? Is that where they spent the money on? (laughs) Oh, that's a distinct possibility. I don't know that I'd pay 500,000 pounds for that whole trailer park, to be perfectly honest with you. Probably some of that Mm. went to editing to make things visible in the dark because of the lighting choices that were made. Because, again, they left their lighting kit back in in London. Um, It just just looked, looked very cheap. It looked cheap. Yeah, I thought it was the cinematography. I don't think the cinematography was bad. I just think right. it, like I said, it just I'm like my low low ball was based on the fact that it didn't look like they had any money to work with whatsoever. And I guess again, I say this every week. I don't know how much it costs to make movies. Apparently, a lot more. Right, and <laughs> a lot I more than I'm thinking. This could be just me coming completely out of left field, but there is a shot of the dunes that reminds me a lot of one of the scenes from the last Harry Potter. And so Mm -hmm. I know nothing about British geography. Clearly. Um, (laughs) So I didn't know Cornwall was on a beach until I watched this movie. So mm. true. Yeah. Um, So I don't know if there was like, if that leads one into the other, that if this was filmed on the same beach as Harry Potter, if there's like the, owner of that beach is now in high demand of well Deathly Hallows was filmed here so you can fuck yourself on that 20,000 pound budget you can fuck yourself but like fuck yourself <laughs> fuck yourself yeah I um I I, don't I just Cornish don't no, I don't know that anybody in this movie did to be <laughs> perfectly honest with you um uh I don't know that that particular beach was worth that price tag. I mean, again, we don't know what you're 
right. projecting is true. But I feel it. like if if yeah, if some some douche property owner was like, uh, you can't film here for less than a hundred thousand pounds because I also gave this land to Warner Brothers when they came and filmed Deathly Hallows and it's now in it's now it's more pricey. I can't imagine a first time director being like no, it this has to be location. this location. Right. Go like four clicks up the up the way there, babe, and right. Go shoot find for some cheaper. There's so many windswept beaches and and whatnot. Well, I mean, it, honestly, I was watching. I'm like, it looks like Presque Isle, which is if you don't know, if you're not from Pennsylvania, it's uh, the park around Lake Erie. Okay. It's like I could have made this. I could have made this movie here. We need to in rural Western Pennsylvania. Be kind, rewind method. We just mm-hmm. remake all of the movies on our budget with us as the actors. Okay, new Patreon level. <laughs> if you support us for the highest amount so far, um, not only will we get on chat roulette with you, and. <laughs> for you give you weird phrases on merch but mia and i will remake a movie of your choice be kind rewind style (laughs) with handheld cameras on a two dollar budget on separate coasts on separate coasts yes we will split it up (laughs) yeah we will split it up we'll cut it together (laughs) so that it looks like we're in the same place with um zero budget that is that is a new patreon level um okay so so I do think it's interesting that we got off on a tangent and and tried to solve our own little mystery a little personal mystery in our own friendship because this movie I think part of why it was so disappointing was that it was billed very incorrectly mm. it was billed as a thriller Yes. And it was also billed as a psychosexual thriller. Right. All three of those words. Okay, sexual, yes, there is some sex. Yeah. Psychological thriller, though, I bracketing don't that word. necessarily mm-hmm. think that you can bill it as a psychological thriller if the twist is easily... And I'm all about foreshadowing. Foreshadowing's great. Um, but the twist was about five minutes into the film I could figure that out yeah at least I I just kept waiting for any of it to be a bigger deal than I I literally just spent the whole the whole the whole time just waiting for something to happen and nothing happens in this movie until five minutes from the end right And and I feel like the establishment of stakes is it could have been done quite a lot better. We get the sense that, yes, she has moved here for her boyfriend. Um, Mm -hmm. They've been together for a while, and she's explains that they've been together since she was 15. I think the Mm -hmm. implication is that she's like 18 or 19 by the time the movie takes place. So this is the only serious relationship she's ever had. She's left home. I felt like there was going to be more with her family life, but there's just not. The stakes are incredibly low. 
Yeah. Incredibly low. They don't ever show her interacting with anybody from home. It's not ever like said that she misses her parents or that right. she's happy to be away from them. Right. Everything about her entire delivery is just one note. It's I didn't get a sense that she gave a shit about anything. Mm-hmm. Which if that's what they were going for, then like odd choice of a main character. <laughs> right. She's um, super Yeah. I mean, just, just not even just like, I thought it was interesting that like the worst, the way she was behaving is like the worst thing that ever happened to her was that she saw two women having sex in the shower. Right. Was she has gay feelings. Yeah. It's like, okay, honey, it's again, it's 2019. <laughs> When yeah. they're making this movie. Like, I, I get I'm, being... Yeah, I'm married and I've had gayer feelings and not had anything near the fallout. I've had not gayer to feelings like, today. I'm gayer than this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, had gayer feelings on this podcast than she, like, indicated... <laughs> <laughs> she indicated the entire movie that she, like, blew her whole life up for. But it didn't even feel like she really blew her whole life up. They didn't... Right. You just her switch and that you stay in. You still work here, like okay. right. Her and and I, her and Joseph Quinn did not have the chemistry needed to no. make that feel like it was a relationship. Anybody, even either of them, gave a shit about. Like I didn't feel like either of them cared if they were still together. Yeah. And I felt bad for him though, because I was like, oh, but he's yeah. so boyfriend shaped. Yeah. Like, I thought he was a good boyfriend. Yeah. He's just a good day. He's just soft. All he knows how to make is spaghetti. All they both know how to make is spaghetti. There was a lot. The spaghetti budget was super big for this. (laughs) Buying real or spaghetti. At least a tenth of the budget must have been spent on spaghetti. Um, Because that's all they ate. Also, this is, but speaking of firsts, this is the first movie I ever saw ever in my life anybody else other than me and my grandma make spaghetti sandwiches. Oh. And I was like, oh, Joseph Quinn's making a spaghetti sandwich and then watching him eat it. I was like, I do know now why <laughs> my mother used to gag when when my grandma and I would make these because it's disgusting to watch a human being pile <laughs> sauced spaghetti noodles on a piece of white bread, fold it in half and shove it in their face. In fairness, when I was working at the preschool at one point, I did pull the iCarly card and made a spaghetti taco, and I have no regrets. It was so good. <laughs> With, like, I, a real hard taco shell? Yeah. Shan't, shan't be gagging over that. It was, I, <laughs> no regrets at all. I mean, more power to you. Yeah, I used to house some spaghetti sandwiches, and yeah, my mom would just sit at the table and be like I hate that this is happening I hate that I'm flanked in either side of the generational gap by people who do this this is grotesque um yeah that skipped a generation she did not make spaghetti sandwiches but Aline and I would fucking tear some shit up so yay thanks thanks for that representation matters all right thanks for that Joseph Quinn um That and so the spaghetti budget was huge. The uh, the polo shirt budget also huge. Was it because there were about five in total? I think right. 
but I think they were each custom made. Okay. <laughs> Tailored to be baggy. Tailored to be shapeless, lifeless. Um, okay, so so half my issue, if you're going to make it a love story, romance, thriller, I guess we could throw these words around. It felt like none of those things. I think the two main characters have to have chemistry. I think the interloper cannot have cannot be the only one with charisma in the entire movie. <laughs> Sorry. Um, she was. As much as I love Joseph Quinn, he was a delight to watch when he was being nice to her, but it was also just like... He was charming. You're not... He was charming. Like I said, he was boyfriend-shaped. He was very sweet and and clearly cared about her. And... But she was just so... He he cared about her as much as he could have, like, projected caring about a piece of toast. You know, the word that came to mind, the word that comes to mind for most of this movie is milk toast with a Q-U-E. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, that is very, it's a very, it's a very British word and it's true. Um, it's, <laughs> it's very much how I felt also. Um, <clears throat> but I did, uh, I did pick out a few best worst lines if you'd okay. like to hear I what I, none, so you have <laughs> not. Remember nothing of this movie. <laughs> Just watch two gifs on Tumblr, and you'll I already know my outro. you'll have all you need. <laughs> I'm ready for my outro. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so I thought there was one that was it was not even a bad line; it was just a relatable line, and it was the only relatable line that Ruth Roof had uh, in the whole movie, which was "Just be normal." <laughs> She's telling herself that as she's puking at her lesbian crush's house. Yes. After getting drunk and high together and almost kissing, she goes and throws up. Fine. Who among us? Um, and she's <laughs> sitting in the in the bathroom and she's just like, just be normal. Just be normal. And that was really the only time I ever encountered any like semblance of likability. You know, in this. she took her own advice far too much. She did. She was far too normal. One might even say forgettable. Um, but and then the other one was one of Shirley's amazing lines. Uh, Shirley, the landlady, the inappropriate landlady, who. <laughs> oh, I think I don't know where the fuck. I don't know where the fuck they found this woman, but I wish she was in everything. Um, <laughs> her line that I stuck out to me was. After I learned to swim, I was no longer afraid of dogs. Yes. <laughs> that line is delivered 100% straight. <laughs> yes. And never further encountered. Never ever, like, nobody was ever like, really, Charlie, right. what the fuck does that, what the fuck does one have to do with the other? If this had never. been a Shirley and Jade movie, I feel like it would have been about 16 times better i want to watch the spinoff of the rest of the season where it's just shirley and jade kicking around at the trailer park just hanging out doing each other's nails saying weird shit and wheeze laughing all the time (laughs) yeah that is my that i feel like that entire moment was my best worst line Upon first meeting somebody 
and going. <laughs> and just, <laughs> I mean, bless her. It's a, it's a horrifying sound. Uh, unfortunately, it's also the sound that I make when I laugh. Um, but it is, it is not attractive. And, and God love her, the actress whose name is now escaping me. Lisa Palfrey. It's, Lisa Palfrey does it for about 30 straight seconds, which doesn't yes, sound like a lot until you experience it in film when they don't cut the, away. That's the psychologically psychologically thrilling part. Is, is this woman about to choke on her own voice box? That and like also was like that was the only time I felt any tension. Yes. Not in like the good sexual way, not even in like the, you know, is this it was like I was like, is is Shirley going to murder somebody? Is it going to, yeah. is this going to turn into like, is Shirley like she, knocking off the old people? She was the only anxiety inducing part of the entire movie. Uh-huh. And, and because they had such strong accents, I did have the subtitles on mm-hmm. and on Amazon, at least they, they go, they don't give you the option. Like sometimes you get the subtitle option of like, just show me the dialogue. Right. And I don't know if it's because I had the vo- like what the volume situation was, if it wasn't mixed properly, if there was no score. But Amazon kept telling me there was tense music, and I never heard any okay. tense music. <laughs> so was, I don't the know music if it's severely underutilized. I felt there was not a lot of okay. Wherever the budget went, it did not go into music. And it didn't Maybe go into music, and it didn't go into sound of the two songs that were played. They. As we learned, they kind of made uh, like last time licensing is oh, is a bitch and a half. Is a bitch and a half, and it can it can eat up a budget um, that you're trying to blow on spaghetti. That makes sense. That would it make sense because like if I had recognized the songs that were being played, good songs. True, they were good songs, and if they were going to make the lyrics important, I feel like again it could have been songs that. Made sense. More impactful, but, yeah. More thematic. Yeah, better, better choice could have been made there. Um, I also do want to talk about the blatant lies we were told about the human hair wigs. <laughs> I think those are important. Yes, very plastic. The they were so thin, synthetic. Even the hair. Not saying they should go around ripping out hair of redheads, but. The hair that she even found on his clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, okay, sorry. Also, by the way, I don't even know if we brought this point up. Half the movie is spent her thinking that her boyfriend has cheated on her and her right. never asking him. There is absolutely no pursuit of that. And I that was probably the weakest that is where yes. we're trying to get into the psychological thriller, and it's just not at all a part of it. Because this could have been a very good, tense movie right. about somebody being isolated, having moved away from home right. to be with somebody that she loves, him not being the person that she thought he was, and there being like suspicion and doubt and... And all of the, there could have been a lot of stuff, yeah. trust issues and, and, you know, all that shit could have very easily been worked into this plot. And what it was is she found red hair on his clothes and lipstick on the mirror. Mm-hmm. 
asked him, do you know a girl with red hair mm-hmm. once and, and then, then never brought it up again. again? But like walked around like she was like being cheated on and suspicious of him and like freezing him out. And they never talked about it. And it was just like further proof that these two didn't actually care about each other. I don't right. know. I mean, it wasn't maybe it wasn't proof that they didn't care about each other, but it was further making me not care if they stayed right, together. About these teenagers. Yeah. And I mean right. the intent with making this a nonlinear timeline, um, I feel like that intent was good, just very poorly executed. In that, okay, mm-hmm. everybody says like, oh no, I don't know a girl with red hair who lives here. It's like, oh, is everybody right. conspiring on his behalf? Like, no. Right. That's That could have been established a little bit more easily. And, and again, it could have been something along the lines of like, if it seemed like he, if it was, if it seemed like it was her going into his world. Right. Where like he knew these people, he grew up with these people, they loved him, they right. would do anything for him. Like it was like his family, like I would be, it, it would be more believable to think like, is everybody lying for him? Like, right. do they really not care? Like, are they, like, do they actually know a girl with red hair and they're just lying because he told them to or he asked right. them to? But none of that was established. He was, it was yeah. just workplace stuff. It just, it was Try so as boring. we might, we so cannot talk ourselves into liking the movie. <laughs> Try as I goddamn might. We are trying really hard to like, if they had done this, it would have been better. But the thing yeah. is, they didn't. Um, they didn't do that. Yeah. So now for uh, for everybody, now, now we know how we felt about it. Yeah. <laughs> would you like to guess how the critics felt about it? Um, IMDb said six out of ten for user reviews. Mm-hmm. I am going mm-hmm. to say that the critics ranked this in the lower fifties. We are lowballing all over the place today. Lowballing as in the- I'm being gentle, or lowballing as in lowballing is in we are not in the majority of how we feel about this movie oh boy okay the rating on rotten tomatoes is a shocking 98 percent what this shit is certified fresh on on rotten tomatoes and now this is usually the time where we read funny reviews that that echo our own thoughts. Um, uh-huh. But I didn't find any. So I found a few that I firmly disagree with instead. Okay, I'm following um, Donnie's route and I am going straight to Metacritic to see. So I'm on, so this is on, this is on Rotten Tomatoes. So I know. Amelia Emberwing from What to Watch said the short the film's short runtime ensures that no minute is wasted and there's a palpable kind of chemistry between the leads okay amelia babe what fucking movies were you watching because 80s 
86 minutes felt like a fucking lifetime watching this movie. I was so bored. I was like planning dinners for like three weeks out. I was just, I was so (laughs) bored and I couldn't do anything other than watch because I knew I had to take notes, but I was just like, oh my God. This is taking forever. I kept like pausing it to be like, am I not done yet? <laughs> Look and see how much time had passed. I was like, 38 minutes? Are you fucking kidding me? I know. That was the advantage I felt of uh, the apparition, that that felt short. This did not feel yes. short. That movie felt like a short. This one felt like a dirge. Um, all right. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, as poetically teasing as it is psychologically precise, makeup single signals the arrival of an exciting new talent. Who? Okay. If we wanted to get into like poetically teasing, then she should have very much leaned into what I got from the walking into the ocean, being afraid to swim was, mm-hmm. did you ever read the awakening? Okay. I got that sense from it, but for me, it was Mm -hmm. like dipping toes into the awakening as opposed to like full on embracing shit like that. Like, if you wanted to make it more poetically teasing, read the voice of the sea is soft, sensuous. Like, read that passage as she's Mm -hmm. learning how to swim. Like that. Yes. And then that would kind of indicate for me, the awakening is also a gay book. Like I read that with a very queer lens on it, um, mm-hmm. but like that would have given more of a. It, I mean, not that we needed more of an indication that people were going to be gay, but it would have been, it would have given it the poetic teasing that apparently that, this person thinks it has earned. Yes, that was uh, Robbie Colin from the Daily Telegraph. <laughs> Okay. Uh, who is listed as a top critic, and I think he should give that title back because these are Claire incorrect. Oakley's family members. So <laughs> that was Claire Oakley's sister before. This is her brother. Yeah. Um, all right, let me find one. Let's see, oh, here. oh, <laughs> <sighs> fuck. Uh, okay, let's see here. Uh, this one, Mark Kermode. <laughs> A real texture to it with horror inflections. I spent a lot of time not knowing where where it was going and loved it. Okay. 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 When I spend a lot of time in a movie not knowing where it's going, it better fucking show up somewhere. Like, I better tell me where it went by the end of the movie. And this one did not. I would like a roadmap with uh, miles to kilometers. (laughs) Kilometers to miles. And maybe this is just our uncultured swine American brains. Maybe you guys are much more, you know, artsy the over there across the pond. Overwhelmingly flat in this roadmap. Oh God, yeah, I don't know. I did. Um, like I said I didn't have any trivia because I didn't find any. Um, but I did make an observation, which was, I guess the real redheaded trollop was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> I don't know. Excellent. Um, that should be. That's the all I got. <laughs> this movie didn't even have a tagline, which is sad. No, I love a good tagline. That should be my job. Makeup. She wears makeup. A woman puts Once. makeup on her 
Yes, one time. I was gonna say this is the only the only time she wears makeup is when she goes to find her new girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. the other thing. Okay, speaking of yeah. minor horror, the thing that was most <laughs> horrifying about this movie to me was that this woman tries to take off acrylic nails with a <gasps> knife. Oh. I was like, Queen, a spoon mm. hurts. Why are we tempting mm. fate with a knife? I know it was like a butter knife, but still. But st- that was so gross. First of all, soaking acrylics is so disgusting. I was horrified that she got them the night before and then she was ter- like right? soaking them the following morning. It's like, listen, just because you had an awkward non blowjob moment with Joseph Quinn does not mean you have to soak your nails off. He didn't. That was not an indication that he didn't like your nails. OK, right. um, he specifically said that he did just like tired. Nails. Yeah, he did like her nails. He's just tired. She surprised him. Um, <laughs> not his fault. Um, but uh, the the whole soaking in acetone. First of all, soaking acrylic nails. Gentle listeners at home, if you've never done it, is a horrifying experience anyway because they literally melt off. And so it shows her doing that, and then like her and she picked red so like it stained her fingers and then she grabbed a knife to scrape the melted nail off and it was the you are correct Mia this is when it was a horror movie this 45 (laughs) second scene uh, was it was horrifying and I wish it had been cut yes I also think that you know she owed jade an apology for making her do her nails for her i know her nails and her then, makeup and then just being a her nails, complete dick yeah. about it all just so ungrateful um so so ungrateful the whole thing fury infuriating um yeah i mean i i get again it was it was it was teenagers and it was first relationships but still, and I know they wanted to like emphasize the fact that she wasn't as into him maybe as he was. Did you get that vibe? Um, that they were trying to emphasize. I don't know. She wasn't I as felt... into him as he was into her. I mean, clearly by the end, but when you Obviously. have the cheating concerns, I feel like that is meant to be you're more into the other person. But right. it, yeah, it. it it was a mess. It was a mess. It was, it was, yeah. it was just, I'm sorry. Not really a sorry, Joe. Mess. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, and I only, I, I did, but I did come up with two Oscars. If you, if you'd like to hear any, do, do okay. you have any? I have got three. We have brushed on a couple of them, but. I just brushed on one, but I'm going to go ahead and give it the award <laughs> anyway. Um, in the category of most awkward blowjob scenes. The Oscar goes to makeup. Um, And then you hit me with one of yours. (laughs) Where's it going to sweep? Most charming romantic rivals goes to Stephanie Martini and Joseph Quinn. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, Most unanswered questions written in a screenplay. (laughs) Makeup 2019. (laughs) Most unrealized homoerotic potential goes to Joseph Quinn and Theo Barclam Biggs. 
and finish us up. Yeah, what was our final category for the Oscars Finally, this in week? the coveted longest and most inappropriate wheezing laugh, Lisa Palfrey is surely receives the accolade. <laughs> the Lifetime Achievement Award that she so richly deserves. Oh, God. This fucking movie. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, no. So, so my final thoughts, if we, are we grading? Did you give it a grade? I, um, I'll give it a D for effort. D for effort and, uh, unhardened dick. (laughs) I do have some D. It's a soft D. Okay. Exactly. It's a soft Uh, D. All right. Okay. What a. If there yeah, is yeah. one thing that I appreciate about this movie is that it did not treat its gaze as badly as it could have. Um, okay. I know we are sick of the kill your gaze trope, but on occasion, we are. there are good movies wherein queer and queer coded characters are treated badly, but in general, I feel like some of them do tend to be better movies. Um so I've got three that treat their gays badly. One that is, if you're looking for something fun and queer and with more tension and chemistry than this, I've got that as well. So um, the three that treat our ba- gays badly, our, ba- our gay bays badly. Um, <laughs> Chloe, which I think came out in 2009. It's the Julianne Moore and Amanda Seyfried. That one at least is exciting okay. to me, and the twist I felt like mm-hmm. was a lot more interesting than this one. Um, high tension, which infuriated me, but it was entertaining. And if you are into horror and gore, um, yeah, you will enjoy the horror and gore. I'm sure. All right. And speaking All of right. horror sure. and gore, and one of our, <laughs> two of our faves, which I need to add more of one of our faves onto our list. Um, the Lighthouse, okay. <laughs> featuring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. <laughs> so those are my three recommendations. That yes, there are. There's quite a bit amount of negative treatment of the homosexuals, unfortunately, but they do make for good movies. Mm-hmm. If you would like a fun queer romp, um, if you enjoy Cyrano, um, anything about Cyrano de Bergerac. The half of it on yep. Netflix is a fun young uh-huh. adult queer rom-com. So lovely. Um, my recommendation uh, would be okay. So I went the other direction. So so Mia took care of all of our our queer love. If you want an actual psychological tense horror movie where you're not entirely sure if the guy's a bad guy or if the girl's just crazy or what the fuck is going on and it actually (laughs) resolves itself in a nice way and it makes sense and it's interesting to watch. Um, What Lies Beneath came out in 2000, I want to say, maybe 2001, starring Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, And it is a much better tense psychological horror movie than what makeup tried to pretend to be for 15 minutes of its 86 minute runtime um it's yeah it's on hbo right now i think i saw it in the theater when i was probably would have been like 11 um not a good movie for an 11 year old but (laughs) as a 35 year old i really appreciated it 
And um, Do you know who wrote yeah, that? it's no, our very own Phil Coulson. <gasps> you know what? I did know that because because Jared told me when we were watching it, he was like, "Oh yeah, Clark Gregg wrote this." Oh, Damn! Shit. Yes, yes. So go watch <laughs> What Lies Beneath instead of this drivel. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really good movie. I think it's a good it's a good horror movie. Um, yeah. So. Uh, so closing thoughts. Did I like it? No. Will I watch it again? Yes. <laughs> you own it now, so you are I kind it. of legally obliged I to, to, I guess. I have to at least get my six dollars worth of my investment. Yes. Um which I think is really the uh I think it's the the epitome of a fangirl film club film. <laughs> Did I like it? No. <laughs> will I watch it again? Yeah. You have to inflict <laughs> Of course it on I will. Sure. I, God love him. He watched it with me, and he oh. remained so silent <laughs> the whole time. He did not make jokes. He did not shit on it. Uh, he was he was a very he was a very good fangirl film club watch buddy because he just he just let me experience how bad it was because I think we both knew. <laughs> Um, okay, well, we did not uh, decide on a new film ahead of time. I just realized that as I was we I were talking to, about. Oh, I, just, I, won't, I won't. You know, it's your turn. No, no, no. It's your turn to pick. So you tell us, Mia, what are we What are we watching next week? Oh, God. I've got two options because one I feel like is timely, but definitely not fun. And I think I need something fun after this. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> it's Okay. So my two options that I would like to explore. Do we want to go, Mm -hmm. I'll let you pick. Do you want to go something absurd or do you want something topical? Absurd. All right. Um, Next, next episode, we will be putting Jupiter Ascending featuring Mila Kunis and Jan Tatum. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> you were on a razor thin line between that and Sucker Punch, and I know how you feel about Zack Snyder, so <laughs> I was I was holding my breath. I was like, please don't pick Sucker Punch, please don't pick Sucker Punch. And I know we're gonna have to watch it eventually. But I wasn't ready. After makeup, I need something I need a palate cleanser. So I am so excited. Good. Uh <laughs> fangirl film club aficionados if you have not watched jupiter ascending um by the uh oh shit wachowski sisters thank you brain just totally crapped out by the wachowski sisters uh you are in for such a treat i'm so excited just, i'm so excited just the promise i can't oh, wait <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be so good. Okay, well, um, that's that's our show for the week. Uh, you may we get have... to see me acting for that. You may get to witness me. Are you gonna do acting. a reenactment? I may very well do a reenactment. I may oh, do the entire God. episode as one particular actor, and yes. me hinting it tells you probably exactly who that will be. Oh, I'm so excited! <laughs> I'm 
so excited, guys. You have no idea. Oh, it's going to be so good. All right. Well, um, so now we have this promise of, of a thrilling, <laughs> a thrilling adventure next week, a thrilling space opera adventure next week. Um, but in the meantime, thank you for tuning in to episode four of the Van Girl Film Club. Uh, what are your closing remarks, man? <laughs> What's your send off for the week? I mean, I'm not afraid of dogs anymore. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>